So we've done 500 episodes. What what do we do now? Like, what do you? How do you follow up 500 episodes? Like, how do you start another run? You really hope Virginia wins ACC tournament. (laughs) I like how I can tell when Brad's gone into like, let's make this the intro mode. Okay. (laughs) See, why you gotta put me on blast? Why you gotta put me on blast? Huh? Uh, That's fine. You know what? That's fine. You, you got to be funny. I t- and, hey, I have my mic plugged in this time though, so that's a making, that's a good we're step. Making that's forward a, progress. That's a really good step in the right direction. We appreciate it. Catscorner.com podcast, Catscorner.com, your source for new sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of Catscorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, March the 7th. Cavaliers are getting ready to, well, I guess they're not really getting ready. They're not playing tonight or even tomorrow. They play, as you, at least as we record this, they play on Thursday, uh, opponent TBD. Um, it made the most sense to kind of preview the tournament and sort of talk about the draw and all that fun stuff um, before things get going down in Greensboro. Uh, which, for the record, I, I'm a big believer that the tournament should kind of move between Greensboro uh, and D.C. Um, don't at me. Um, before we get started, let's go ahead and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, board moderator du jour, David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend? Well, it feels like it's been forever since we've done this last, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just my uh, my yearly chance to remind everyone that the ACC tournament was much better before the expansion. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. Okay, fair enough. Uh, how many times did UVA win it before? <laughs> Do you not miss the TVs being rolled into your room? I mean, I think that's <laughs> just—I don't think that's necessarily has anything. But I don't think that's necessarily has anything to do with expansion. I think that's just because back then there was TV, and you know, times were different. Um, up in Charlottesville, uh, editor in chief Justin Ferber's also on this year program. Uh, hopefully, with his mic plugged in. How's it going, my dude? Pretty good. I'm going to try to find a local elementary school tomorrow and just roll a TV in there, just just so people, you know, feel included or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we watched a little bit of. I I kind of feel like the, not to be like anti nostalgic, but now, I kind of feel now, like, now's when you want to do this, huh? Now, right now, right well, when we're trying ca- to do the. I kind of feel I just underscore forever on Twitter, but I, I feel like <laughs> the rolling the TV thing in is like uh, overstated. Okay. Because like you Pause. watch like half of one game and then you go home. No, you don't even you don't even get a half. You get like you get like ten minutes. Uh, at Cavs underscore uh, corner on Twitter as well for the in game updates, content items, but and the occasional way to banter. People no, tweet that, about it like they watch the know, whole tournament but, at school, okay. and it's like this, you watch okay. like a half of a game. No, we got a full game. We got that noon game in before school let out. Yeah. So you just watch Friday. like North Carolina pummel someone, and then yeah, usually Virginia. <laughs> a lot of times it was Virginia. <laughs> you know, you all know. right, all right. Let's if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna do this. Let's <laughs> let's have this conversation. I distinctly remember numerous years where somebody rolled in uh, a cart with a TV on it. Mm-hmm. Um, there were also times where like the, there was a TV in the room and they just flipped it over. Okay, now this absolutely happened in my lifetime. I also agree with Ferber though that that the. 
I mean, like it is a spe- it is a piece of nostalgia that I think folks of a certain age we have we have either either you did experience it, you experienced it some, but you thought you experienced it more, or you you sort of have a you know fuzzy memory. But I do think there are a lot of people who who talk about this all the time as if all you did during school this one week <laughs> was watch the ACC tournament, which was not necessarily the case. There was de- there were definitely times where I wa- there were games, but I only watched like a little bit. Um, it was more the idea that like, oh, you were going to get to watch basketball, you know, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it was yeah. it was Probably much more much. of a it was much more of a big thing about like not doing work as opposed to it was the ACC tournament, you know. But I think yeah. it worked too because it was like a Friday, so it was yeah. like yeah. all right, yeah. well. But exactly. I and I, the, I for the record, I did watch the ACC tournament in school at least like two or three times. Um, but I think one of the things that maybe isn't I don't know maybe things have just changed. But like when I was in school, it depended on what teacher you got. Like a lot of teachers don't care about basketball. <laughs> like they're like, I'm not putting that on. Yeah. We have work to do. But like there were some that were like, all right, like whatever. Or we could go watch it during our lunch break or something. But I, I honestly watched the NCAA tournament first couple of days more than the ACC tournament. Yeah, that too. But you, but you have to remember just not to spend a whole podcast discussing this, but mm-hmm. you know, we didn't get to watch ACC teams play as often back then. So that was a chance yeah. to see someone you may have only seen play once or twice all year. Um, so, yeah. It also it felt like next the, level the, the tournament meant more than, I think, like the ACC tournament oh, yeah. was just more important. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I live, I've, I was alive when it was a one-bid league. So, you know, um, don't remember those tournaments too much, but yeah. <laughs> but I do all miss right. those Friday afternoons. Let's, 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 let's move on to the current day. I, I just really hope that, it's that right now playing. that people aren't like – angrily you know adding us for you know impugning their acc tournament memories all right i do have one more thing on this real quick before we move on killing me go ahead just one more thing go ahead uh do we miss the old format where the title game was sunday and the quarterfinal day was friday aka the tv roll-in day no i genuinely i i don't i i i'd be honest like i think having it on saturday uh, is a much better fit. I kind of uh, like it better this way too, honestly. I now, don't, but it's selfish. Like I, I would can't still... take off Saturdays this time of year, so I miss <laughs> it. I would say that like this: if we could go back, you gave me a magic wand, and you could go back to the classic ACC, and you had the round robin aspect of it all. I would still, I would do that, but with this schedule, you know. Now you wouldn't necessarily need it as much, obviously, um, in some ways. But I do like having the championship game on Saturday. That's just me. But. Yeah, you get the prime time. The ACC gets the prime time spot too. So like you get the Saturday night spot, which is that's why they moved it. Yeah, um, that's right. And it makes it, it, it still also makes, makes more things... sense. And and you don't get that bump like like the the games that happen on Sunday are notoriously the ones that make the least amount of change in the right. tournament. Yeah, the format. committee's already the committee's already done its work. They they moved on with life. Right. Yeah. Um, still all right, something so, about like getting in the car Saturday after we beat Pitt and driving to Greensboro, getting a room and getting up and going to the Duke game the next day. That yeah, that's going to be hard to replace for me. I like how Dave's entire uh, it's about my here. it's about me. It's about <laughs> this one time, this one thing happened. Yeah, it just yeah. is. But as long as you as long as you embrace it, my dude, that's life fine. short, man. Enjoy the one single things. <laughs> life short. Um, <laughs> That's a good podcast title. Life short. Like, man, y'all, they really got into some weird stuff. Um, all right, let's 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 focus. All right. So at this point in the in the um I don't know, in the tournament, in the uh, way of the world, uh in, in human history, uh Georgia Tech has come back to beat Florida State. 
uh, Boston College has put Louisville out of its misery. And right now, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame are five minutes to go. Notre Dame up by five. Man, Wahoo fans everywhere. So super excited. Um, no, we're not going to like live uh, podcast a game that you're gonna is already going to be over by the time you hear the show. So tomorrow's slate, uh, Wednesday in Greensboro, Syracuse and Wake Forest at noon. Uh, Pitt will play Georgia Tech at 2.30. Carolina gets Boston College at 7, and then NC State awaits the winner of this game. Virginia obviously waiting on the winner of Carolina and Boston College uh, at 7 o'clock on Thursday. Um, before we get uh, to the you know who we think is going to win the whole thing, I kind of want to talk about sort of where UVA is. Ferber wrote a really interesting uh, piece today about sort of the both the fact that Virginia is dangerous in this tournament, but also vulnerable. And and I don't know, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Like, because one thing that Ferber didn't necessarily got to delve into in this as he kind of broke it down was sort of comparing this to like years past. Now there have certainly been years where I thought Virginia was the favorite, and I was going to be bummed uh, if they didn't win it. There were certainly years where I'm like, dude, it's going to be rough. Um, but I don't know if I, I, I can't remember a year where I felt exactly what Ferber described in the piece today, right? The idea of them being dangerous and also extremely vulnerable. Um, Dave, do you have a year, uh, uh, you know, maybe, be, you know, doesn't have to be recent, but I'm just curious where Virginia has felt like, you know, you would both be not surprised if they won it, but also not surprised if they lost the first game. Like it's a, it's a very strange year, at least in my opinion. What do you think? I mean, taking 21 out or whatever it was, the COVID year, um, 89 for me, like, um, that team one good was really good, but one bad wasn't great. Um, I think they went on to the elite eight that year, if I remember correctly. Uh, I can't remember what they did in the ACC tournament, but you know, that might be the most recent. Cause it feels like Bennett's teams, you kind of knew going in, right. Um, you know, the 14 team was pretty good, uh, ran into, I believe they lost to Michigan state. Um, that 16 team that lost to Syracuse. I mean, you, they kind of all finished where you expected them, except for the, you know, that big one in 2018, um, <laughs> you didn't see coming, but yeah, it, it is a weird year. And I don't think it's just a Virginia thing this year, as we've talked about many times. Right. Yeah. What about you Ferber? I mean, like I said, I think you did a really nice job of sort of um, framing this specific team, but how do you, how would you kind of compare them? to pass Virginia teams, be they recent or otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking a lot today about the 2020 team that didn't play in the postseason because the season ended. Um, I wouldn't compare this team to that team because that team was really, really good on one end of the floor and really, really not good on the other end. Um, and I don't. this team isn't like that. And that team would have been more like, do they run into the wrong team or something like that, which happens to anybody. But I think the team for me that this kind of, this team reminds me of the most is probably the 2021 team. The one that Dave mentioned um, that lost in the first round to Ohio. But I mean, and I, and I don't think I want to like say like, Oh, that's what's going to happen to this team. Cause I think there were some, obviously some special circumstances around that in terms of like, we didn't even know if UVA was going to get to play that game. Right. Um, Right. And, you know, they had a quick turnaround from not being able to practice. But I think that's the comparison. If you want to make one, that team was a four seed, I believe. Right. And and this team might be one or a five. Um, you know, they, they were pretty good on, on both ends. I think better on offense and defense, but um, they had kind of lost to some teams that they maybe shouldn't have. And they had beaten some good teams. But, you know, like you kind of felt like 
you know, they they went into the 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 postseason with some momentum, I believe. Like they won the regular season, but like it didn't feel like the team was like. Cl- I mean, they barely beat Syracuse in that first ACC, ACC tournament game. Like it didn't exactly feel like they went into the tournament guns blazing, and then COVID right. ruined it. It they right. could have lost to Ohio regardless, but I think that's probably the best comparison. If I, I was, was thinking about the seventeen team. Yeah, um, the one that. You know they they beat this just a dog snot out of Pittsburgh to end the season. Played Pittsburgh again, then lost to Notre Dame. Um, Bonzi Colson mm-hmm. was that that and, year? Yeah, and then um, let's see, they lost by thirteen. Um, that one was in the Barclays Center. Um, yeah, so I guess no, Notre Dame first. team was good. Yeah, because that that Notre Dame team had um, uh, you know, all Steve Ashuria, uh had the Gibbs kid, Bonzi of course, the Beecham kid. Oh, Rex Fluger. There's a name from the past. Um, but no, I just think that like if you think about that team, it had they had like a little bit of a late swoon. Um, everybody lost, picked them to be to lose to UNCW too. Like yeah, everybody. And then, yeah, and they and then they did, and then they they got hammered by Florida um, yeah. down Orlando. I I just think that like one of the weird things if you think about that team, they were top fifty on offense, number two on defense. To put that in perspective, right now Virginia's offense currently seventy fourth. And thirty fourth on D. So even that team, as 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 limited as they were, right, was still you know even with it even without having a better record than this one, still you know in comparison to other teams nationally, was no you know kind of nowhere near. The difference with that team with that season, of course, is that like you know I think Carolina was top five, Duke was top fifteen. Um, right. That was the that was the year that they had that Villanova game that. Um, Old uh, Vincenzo stole it right at the buzzer, right? Wasn't that the one? Wasn't that the year that he had to put back? Dante DiVincenzo? Yeah. He had that put back like right at the like, I can't separate rebound. him and the other dude they had. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> um, was that the name? name? It was, uh, he's the, the yeah, exactly. Tie, tie made it. I think, he tie, I think he tied it. Oh, yeah. DiVincenzo made like a buzzer beater. You're talking uh, about Ryan um, Archidiacono. Yeah, I was going to say Ryan Archidiacono. Yeah. Well, what's weird is they also had another dude after Diacono who was like another version of Diacono. Like a couple years ago, they had like a dude that was like basically him, but different. Uh, who, hold on. I got to find the kid's name. Was it uh, Was it Colin Gillespie? No, they had a. They, no, they actually had a Chris. Uh, 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 no, wait. Chris See how okay, dare I ask know. an ACC tournament question, but we're going down. down no, the but listen, no, this is like this is actually pertinent <laughs> to the conversation. Where anyway, I, you are you are right though. We are a little bit off uh, off topic, so I'll get back to it. All right. So in terms of sort of where Virginia is in this tournament, in terms of what is in front of them, it's weird because like I don't know if Ferber's column sort of got like burrowed itself into my brain or what, but like I keep looking at the bracket, and every once in a while I look and go, you know, they could absolutely beat Carolina, beat NC State. And easily like beat you know Miami and you know like not like beating them is easy but it could easily happen like it's not it's not the most ridiculous thing I've ever said and then I look at the bragging they're going to get bounced right and it's very weird right to go from like sort of confident to like not confident at all like that's not the way this normally works like what um, Dave said a few minutes ago he was talking about the year they won it right now granted um, you know when they won it and lost to UMBC. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about everybody else, but I was in, in Brooklyn and I completely expect them to win that tournament. I thought they were the best team. 
I definitely didn't expect him to lose the next week, but I definitely expected him to win him in in uh, in in Brooklyn. I mean, that um, team lost one ACC game, and it yeah, was dude. in overtime. In overtime, I mean, that team was good. Yeah. I, I went, we went. I remember we were sloshing through the snow, um, and I fully expected them to win that tournament. Now, you, I, I'm not going to tell you the same thing about the one that won in Greensboro in 14. Um, I thought they had a pretty good shot. I thought they were pretty good. Um, but that game, that that one was the one where it was like, let's see if they can get to Saturday because right, they yeah, haven't they, 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 they haven't forever. done it in twenty years or whatever. So it was like, let's see them actually win a win a game, and then and they were all close games, you know. Yeah, they, the they, ACC they, tournament is usually like pretty competitive. Yeah, I mean, even agreed. you talk about format change, like even the games where UVA is like clearly the better team. Like go back to that twenty eighteen one. They played, I think they played Louisville in the first game. Yeah. That game was like closer than it should have been, at yeah, least they, for a while. Yeah, they pulled away late, but if you if you you know, if you think about it like and that, that thing team was, wasn't good. Like yeah. you know, like and, that and, thing was, and then they, they played Clemson pretty Clemson was like pretty close. I mean Clemson was that was a pretty good Clemson team, but um yeah, North Carolina, like they they you know, that game was close. But yeah, and over the years the the ones your EVA made a run, you know, they've they've had some competitive early games. And I feel like this year's team, like kind of just getting back to that, like I feel like they're either going to lose their first game or they're going to win two plus yeah. <laughs> with no in between. I feel like we could sit here for like an hour and just toss out random ACC player names like Jaron Blossom game. Like episode 600. Good Lord. <laughs> I just was like, it's taken straight back to being in little John and watching that dude dunk on an alley-oop. And because of where the media is in little John, like you're kind of looking straight down on them. And when he jumped, it looked like it was something out of NBA jam. Right, because he was so high, but you couldn't like really tell. All you could tell is that he was going straight up, right? But you couldn't really tell, like you know. Normally, you see a guy jump, you can sort of see against the backboard, like how high up he is. All I know is it looked like he was coming toward me, and I was like, "Whoa." Um, anyway, I digress. No, you, that's a good point. Like the, the, the tournament is typically very competitive. Um, as I look and see that it's sixty-two, sixty-one. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say as we um, watch Virginia Tech, sixty-three, sixty-two now, claw to the um, death with eleven and twenty Notre Dame. Tech leads, Tech leads now. Um, yeah. but the uh, we're not doing play by play, yeah, Dave. We're not. Yeah. Now I was gonna say that. I mean, the look, conference tournaments are a different animal, right? You play each night. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're the higher rated team, like you know, sometimes it's hard to get that mentality to come out a hundred percent because you know you got to do it again the next night. Um, whereas the underdog team could just leave it all on the floor. They weren't expecting it. So Yeah, and also um, you have the teams that come in, like the team that played the day before plays better early in the game because they played yesterday, and then yeah, they're tired. So you you know, they're really tired yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's look at it. No, I was just, I was, <laughs> I was just thinking. So, all right, so it's Carolina and Boston College um, tomorrow. Um most people probably will listen to some of, or part of this before that game takes place. But um, I, I guess I, I don't want to necessarily say like, I, I think the whole like, which team would you rather play things a touch tired? Um, but I, I'm curious to get sort of your guys view. Uh, Kim Palm has it as a 10 point win for Carolina. Um, I, I know that, you know, look, Louisville's terrible where right? we don't, I mean, the Boston College didn't really do anything to beat them. Um but at the same time, like, what's the, like, what do you, what, what does that team look like without Quentin Post, right? And, I mean, I understand the the Langford kid had a nice day, and I understand that um, Zachary had a nice day, but like, oh, man, I, I just, I, I just don't know what, 
what to expect out of Boston College against Carolina without Quinn Post in that game. I expect um, him to lose by 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of where I am, too. So I, I don't want to spend time like on the whole, like, who would you rather? Because I think it's going to be Carolina. Um, if it is indeed Carolina, as we, you yeah. know, because. Yeah, I'd rather not play Carolina and play Boston College. <laughs> that we guys can... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's let's say it is Carolina. Let's just assume for argument's sake it is Carolina. Um, Tony has talked. I feel like every post game since that game, he has talked about the second half of that game and why the second half of that game has given him, like, like he really loved the effort. He really loved what he saw. And I'm not saying I didn't see it, too. I think they played pretty hard. But they didn't necessarily play well. And I find it interesting that he keeps sort of hearkening back to it because um, it clearly resonated with him. And, it, it you know, you, you got to hope that it resonated with the players, too. Do you think they can turn that into a win, Dave? Like, do you think that that, that effort that you saw in the second half against Carolina – really sort of um, portends to the Cavaliers being able to win and make it to Friday. I mean, it doesn't hurt. I don't think it that effort alone is going to be enough. Um, they got to make more shots than they did in Chapel Hill. And they've got, you know, both games, you know, Baycott was clearly not really a factor in the first game with the injury, but the second game, he wasn't that huge of a factor either. It was the guards, you know, yeah, it was them making threes. It was Nance. Um Yo, I, I think Nance how, was the yeah he was the he was the yeah. X factor. It's twenty two yeah, on we, seven to ten, four four from three. I mean that's a hell of a day. Yeah, and it makes it tough, you know, especially if Virginia wants to play small. If you're going to have to double Baycott because you're playing small, how do you, you know, Gardner nor BVP have the the foot speed to double the post and get out to Nance, right? Right. Right. Um, so you start rotating and you open up threes for Leaky and you know, everyone else. So like it, it's just. I don't think effort alone is enough. Um, you're probably going to have to see more Ryan Dunn. You may have to see some Shedrick. You'll probably see some Caffaro. Um, And then it's going to be a – I mean, I don't think it'll be a home game, but it won't be far from it for Carolina. So yeah. it, it's a tough matchup. So one I thing about BC. that – Fair. <laughs> and the, 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 if, if BC can pull off the upset and tire itself out, right? Um, so in that game, Virginia – so check these minutes out. Gardner played 36. Beekman plays 36. Clark has 33. And Franklin goes 31. Vanderplas only plays 21. McNeely played 25 in that game. Um, now, I'm not necessarily saying that Virginia should go like uber small um, against Carolina, but I do think that you know one of the things that Tony talks about, you know, when he, like you can sometimes sort of get a sense of what he's saying when he's not saying the thing he really is saying. If that makes any sense, right? You, you listen to the dude long enough, and you can kind of get a, a feel. He liked the heart. Well, I think he what he really liked was that dudes were scrapping. Um, and, and it's not necessarily just like, I, I know when people say hard a lot of times, that's what they mean. But when he says it, I think that's exactly what he means. And I don't know if that's necessarily a function of like, guys were, were like I said before, were playing well. But like this group, the guys who played the most of the minutes, I think they really did show in that game. Um, they showed him at least, you know, what, what he wanted to see. So in that second half, uh, Beekman had 19, uh, Gardner at 18, Clark at 17, Franklin at 15, and McNeely played 13 of those minutes. So Vanderplas didn't even play but nine minutes in that half. And he has specifically said over and over and over again, he loved what he saw in the second half. He loved what he saw in the second half. He loved what he saw in the second half. 
So I'm not saying that Thursday night, if it's Carolina, that Virginia is going to come out there and Vanderplas isn't going to play. But I do think that Tony is very mindful of what that matchup was in the second half. And yeah, maybe the Nance kid went for, you know, I, let me see what he scored. He had eight of his 22 in the second half. Yeah, most but, of his damage was before half. Yeah, I, but, I, but I think in that half, if you think about it, Virginia only gave up 29 points. Yeah, they um, only had, I mean, they won the half by like eight, right? Yeah. And Carolina and didn't they, have a field goal for the yeah. last like four and a half minutes. Yeah, and yeah, they also like twenty nine. Yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at the first like ten minutes of the half too, Carolina at one point there was like I want to say there was like eight minutes left in the game, and they only had like twelve points in the half yeah. or something yeah. like that. So I mean, they did some good things in that game. Um, and honestly, like not to play the well if you take away the big run, but like if Carolina shoots like even like a slightly better than average first half from three instead of like, yeah. you know. Because they definitely but as good yeah, as they've done right. all season, then you know UVA goes in the halftime down eight or nine, like they might have won the game. Yeah, Carolina um, is nine of sixteen in the first half for fifty six point three percent from three. They make one of just six in the uh, second half, sixteen point seven percent. So to Ferber's point, like if they're shooting in the forties, right, versus in the like high fifties, you know what I mean? Like that's a you know that's a different game. And I understand like they got to the line nineteen times alone in the second half, right? Um, they're 14 and 19 from the strike. So like, I understand that like part of what Virginia had to do late is put them on the line and Carolina made the shots. So credit to them for, for doing that. But I'm just really interested to see what the matchup could be like, especially cause I think at this point, you're probably getting more Ryan done in that second half, right? Like, I feel like one of the things that has happened since that game is that Tony has shown you he's more than willing to play McNeely and Dunn in big spots. Um, I guess the question we got to, I mean, we haven't talked about this, but like Caden Shedrick didn't get any burn that second half. He has not played since. I don't believe, um, if, if I'm misinterpreting uh, that, um, he did not play against Clemson and he did not play against Louisville. So he played, uh, what was it? A few minutes in that first half. Yeah, he played seven minutes in the first half. He did not play in the second half and he hasn't played since. It, do we have any reason to suspect, Ferber, that if if Carolina is is having success and it's a Baycoat um, Nance show inside, that Virginia's going to go back to him? What what do you how, or do you think they just go back to Caffaro and that's where they go? I, yeah, I don't think you can play your typical smaller lineup against those. I mean, I was kind of surprised that they tried. Um, you know, having said that, Carolina was doing a lot of like, and they do this anyway, but they were doing a lot of like five out stuff because they're okay having Baycott play 20 feet from the basket and do his thing out there, pass the ball, get in the lane, because um, he can kind of take guys off the dribble and stuff. So, I mean, they weren't working it through the post as much, and that's why they were shooting so many threes because they, right. they, they were kind of just spreading the floor. And then, I mean, that's not necessarily like a strategy that they would typically employ considering they shoot 30% from three, but it was working because they were making shots. If they were missing those shots, they would have probably gotten lost by 12. Um, but ultimately I think, you know, even when UVA went a little bigger, like when they put Caden in the game, Carolina went straight at him, went you know, like it him. wasn't, it wasn't like it was, Oh, they put a big lineup in like, let's start shooting threes. It was like, no, nah, we'll still go inside. Um, so, I mean, I think you have to, what you need to do is find five guys that can be effective enough on defense to get, enough stops and then also can score um because i think against a team like carolina like part of their problem in the first game was that their offense just went through these lulls i mean like carolina had a really really good offensive first half 
Um, UVA didn't. And then also um, UVA like had a chance to kind of get back in the game in the second half and they couldn't make a layup to save their lives. Like, um, so I think it's going to be a balanced game on both ends. I, I mean, I do think that fatigue could be a factor if these two teams play just because Carolina, I mean, assuming that they're going to have to give a decent amount of effort against Boston college. Like we saw them in the second half against UVA in the first game. And even at home, like UVA was kind of getting to their spots a little easier. They missed a bunch of layups, but they were getting a bunch of layups. Um, they were getting rebounds. They were, I think they did. I mean, they didn't give up any fast break points. They weren't really turning the ball over much they just dug a 16 point hole for themselves. And that's the thing that they're not going to be able to get away with again. Like you have to get to halftime in a close game, maybe tied or, you know, within a few points or up a few points. And then I think they'll, they kind of, you know, as they did in the first game in Charlottesville can sort of get a little bit more comfortable against Carolina's length and do their thing. I feel like having said that they're going to play Boston college because we talked about Carolina too much. I'm fine. We'll keep talking Carolina. I was going to say that Dave is very okay with this. Listen, I I, I think that the whole, like, um, cause you, you have some various schools of thought, right? There are those who say like, Oh, the team that played once is already in rhythm. Right. And they've already won a game and there's confidence and da, 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 da. Then there's the people who say, Oh, uh, the team that played once is tired and such, such, such. Right. I, I feel like, by this point in the in the week, right? Unless you're catching a team that played, you know, hashtag Tuesday in Greensboro, right? Unless you're catching one of those teams, I don't think it uh, that piece of it matters, right? But I do think that one of the things that uh, about this Carolina team is I, I do think that there's a sense of urgency that you're likely to see. Yep, um, that is a huge factor. I think I, they I need mean, it way more. They absolutely they have to have it, especially after that Duke game. And I mean, look, they got punked twice this year in the last like whatever six minutes or whatever it was or whatever the but basically Carolina I mean Duke went on a six nothing run to each of those games and won right if you're Carolina this is your whole season right and I would imagine that the win in Chapel Hill gives them a lot of confidence and I do think if you know if we want to put on our um you know our shrink hat I do think this is a group that like when they think they're gonna win they're actually much better off right um like they are in the sense that, like, I think some teams get a little bit like, oh, just roll the balls out. We got this, right? And, I, you know, in fairness, I think Virginia has had a couple of those moments this season, right, where you can sort of tell, like, you know, they're humans. They they kind of expected to win, and then it didn't go that way at first, and then they, you know, like, okay, well, what is going on? What's, what's going wrong? But Carolina, I think because of the makeup in this, like, that team is just weird, right? They are crazy talented, and yet they can't, sometimes do anything to get out of a wet paper bag. It is staggering sometimes to watch how like discombobulated they are. But it makes sense to me that like this is a team that they think they can beat. They 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 lost that first game. They won the second game. I think they come in with confidence and they come in with that urgency. So Virginia's gonna have to take it from them. Um I, I think that whether it's McNeely playing more or Dunn playing more, you know, they do go to Cavaro who didn't play um in this game the first time around. Um, or excuse me, the second time around, um, it really kind of goes back to what Ferber was talking about with the you know five out, um, you know playing Baycoat, let him let him get ahead of steam. You know you got to be able to you got to be able to turn that off, right? Um, Dave, obviously you want to keep talking about Carolina because you're hoping that that basically puts the jinx on them. Um, but in the event that it, it that it is not Carolina, um, 
Will that make you more nervous to play Boston College? <laughs> because no, no, because I feel like the I feel like the bizarro world you you know the UVA fans sometimes <laughs> you know we live in, which is like, oh, of course, Boston College is going to have this like Cinderella run, right? And they're not going to have Quentin Post, and they're still going to mess us up again, right? Because this is also a team that Virginia just recently lost to, um, yeah. pretty handily. Um, in that game, the post kid only scores eight. It was really all about Ashton Langford and, and Zachary, who both had really good games today. Um, now, granted, Virginia shot like, I don't know, what was it, 32% from the floor, 19% from three in that game. Um, but, I, you know, I do think that was one of those where they sort of expected to sort of roll out there and, and get it done. And Boston College hung around, gave itself confidence, and played well at a high level. Um, but anyway, if it is Boston College, what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's better. That's what my thought is. Like, no, it, look, I'm not nervous about this tournament at all. Um, I don't think, this, you know, I don't think when we look back on the season, it's going to, you know, if they win the ACC tournament, great. It's a feather in their cap. But, um, I mean, I, I don't mean to diminish it. Like, winning the ACC tournament would be huge. But, <laughs> like, it's ultimately what this team would, it's going to do in the next on. tournament. Wait, wait, wait. It matters. It, is that the best? Is that the like the quickest flip flop in the history of the podcast? No, no, I'm not saying like it because my dude be, just like, went awesome for it's like it's not it, a big deal, but, and then he was like, "Well, actually, it's a huge deal." <laughs> like, no, no, it's always always winning seconds later. Great deal, but like when you think back on this team, if they win the ACC tournament and go lose in the first round of the NCAA, like you know, it's still gonna be the same, you know, <laughs> the same feeling about this team. Um, like I kind of Boston College, you would see. Um, I mean, obviously, I prefer Boston College. I don't think it puts any more pressure on Virginia. That's a good matchup. Um, and even UNC, like, you know, they're, they're scary because of, like Justin said, like, you know, they've got a lot to play for. Um, but, you know, Virginia takes prod, too. Virginia wins a lot of basketball games. So they're not going to they're not going to Greensboro to not win. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game either opponent. Um just you know i will but i will definitely take boston college and not be nervous let's put it that way see that's that's interesting because of the three of us i would expect that you would have been the one who would have said no no because if boston college beats carolina and comes in on a two-game winning streak (laughs) feeling good about themselves of course uva's instead of like taking the 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 giant um you know the giant opportunity that that the world has presented to them now of course you know we're gonna like you know, mess it all. You're talking up. the pre. You're talking about pre 2019, Dave. <laughs> I just want to say for not, the. I just. The I just want people to remember to say, when he flip flopped just a minute you know? ago. That flip flop was impressive. Like he went from like. I mean, if they, is anybody going to care if they win the ACC tournament? Pause. I mean, it would be huge if they won the ACC tournament. I just love it. It was great. Yeah. I mean, that I would guess my them, point was it wouldn't like anyone going to care if they don't win the ACC tournament. Um, like it's not going to reflect on this. I think. I think yeah. you just I think that's the take. I'll take it. That's the take yeah. is it doesn't matter that much if they don't win it because they've done it like over other teams at UVA teams have done it. Yeah. We've seen it. But if they do win it, I think it kind of like it's something to hang on to. I mean, I know that it sounds kind of like, you know, participation trophy in some ways, but it's like if they do have like a first weekend exit from the NCAAs, it's like, all right, well, they won the ACC tournament. You know, they you know, they didn't go far in the ACC turn or the NCAAs, but like the ACC tournament win is something, you know, like to go out on like a bit of a positive. But I don't I mean, know. Virginia I mean, could sneak up to like a three seed, you know, if they win the ACC yeah, tournament, maybe even catch a two if things break right. But listen, I don't think they, on, they would take a lot of help. We're, yeah. we're going to get into something else here in a second, but I do want to say this. Um, 
the congratulations, if I'm, if congratulations I'm, to Mike Bray on a great career. Yeah, congratulations, Mike. <laughs> hey, right, he's so, gonna be somewhere else. He says he's not done. Just well, won't be good. in the ACC. Um. All right. Am I wrong in thinking that if Virginia were to win this, uh, it would be the third ACC tournament championship in ten years? Would be more than any other team has had in that same span. Am I wrong about that? That seems correct. Yeah, I think Duke has two. I think now, has, right? Duke has two. Yeah. Actually, is it just one? Yeah, it would have to be because there's only been like. I don't know. The Zion I, team won, and they won one of the Brooklyn years. Um, okay, so then, so the, yeah, so two of they them. They have two. Okay. Yeah. Carolina might have two as well. I think Carolina only has the 16 title in that same stretch. The, the I one think, in DC. Yeah, yeah, I think they won. I, I think um, I think Duke won 17 and 20 14. or 19. They won 19. Yeah, 19 and UVA East. won 14. It was UVA, then it was Notre Dame, then it was Carolina, then it was Duke, then it was UVA, then it was Duke again, then it was COVID, COVID, this, this and then it was audio. yeah, and then it was uh, Georgia Tech. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. The, if the, I remember correctly, oh man, and then it was Virginia uh, Tech, and then Virginia Tech last year. Yeah, yep. so so three of them. So I mean, look. I think if you're ever going to be really excited, and I understand that there are a lot of people out there who think like, don't even worry about the conference tournament. Get out of Greensboro or Atlanta or Charlotte or Brooklyn or whatever and get ready for the next um, the next tournament, the next weekend, right? I think that of all the seasons where you want to have success in the ACC tournament, this is the one because – Whatever happens in the in the NCAA tournament, everything we've watched of the ACC this year says that the ACC is not comparable to some of the other leagues, right? If you look at it, Virginia's thirty sixth or whatever it is in Kempom. Um, I don't have it on my screen, but like they're the, basically the class of the league, and they're nowhere near the top twenty five, right? I, I think that the NCAA tournament could be an absolute bloodbath for the league. I think that's a there's a very real chance. That however many bids that it does not last long. I think if you have the opportunity to get some hardware, you go get it. And this is historical sort of hardware. Like people, you know, like Bennett wins another ACC tournament championship. I think that's a very big deal. Um, even if we all know that the league is not quite what it has been this year. Um, you know, when they recruit off of how he, you know, he's the such and such and such. I mean, you know, this kind of stuff I think has a way of um, breaking through when you win actual championships, right? We're not just like, oh, you were really successful and you had a nice record. So um, in the event that Virginia was is to get past whoever, um, it's probably going to be either Clemson or NC State in that next game. Um, I, I mean, unless you guys have other, you know, disagree. I mean, I, that, at least that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, certainly Duke, excuse me, certainly Tech could knock off State uh, tomorrow night, but it looks like it'll be either Clemson or or, or NC State um, in the semifinal. Um, and then, of course, the top of the bracket, because you've got Pitt, who's kind of coming out of that five slot, that, that five slot, then you've got Duke and Miami. I mean, that thing's kind of a crapshoot. What I want to do for the last segment here is I want to kind of talk a little bit about sort of like who would you choose to win it all if you had to choose one team? Um, and let's say you can't pick Virginia, right? So which which of the teams do you feel like you trust the most to put it together and 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 win it. Um, who anybody want to go first? Any any with this? this I'll go first. I'll take Miami. Like I mean, guard play kind of wins in the tournament setting, especially over a few games, and they've got great guards. Um, I mean, Duke would probably be one B, but 
Um, I don't trust Duke's guards as much as I trust Miami's. Yeah, There's so short answer. I get I agree with everything that Dave just said. Um next. I mean, no, yeah, exactly. End of podcast. Um I, I would say like those are the teams I probably trust the most, but they're on the same side of the bracket. Right. So if I was picking somebody and you said not just assuming Virginia does not make a run. Yeah, we're assuming at this point. I'm just saying you can't or doesn't pick win it. You can't yeah. pick Virginia. I'm just saying you got honestly. Pick Honestly, North Carolina. That was my. That was where. That's exactly where I was leaning. That's exactly where I was leaning. It's the one team. I mean, we've seen them. We've seen them it. go on a run yeah, in the we've postseason. Seen them with do the it. Exact same team. They're crazy um, talented. Even though they're just you know all twisted up and discombobulated and weird, they, they desperately need it. You yeah, know, other teams talented. like they're gonna want it, yeah. but they're not gonna need it. You know, uh, except for Clemson, I would say they Greensboro really got those cushy it. rims. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, all the and it's like I think for them. All right, so look at look at their path, right? So they get yeah. a Boston College team without their best player, I would say. Um, Quite fair, and, and assuming he isn't going to play. Then you get Virginia. If you get by that game, then things are kind of open for you. Like Clemson, they beat Clemson by twenty. They split with NC State. They can certainly beat either of those teams, and then you're in the final. And then it's like yep. you just have to beat Duke, who you played close twice, or Miami or something. When and, you basically and, and are playing over the home line, game. and you're in yeah. the tournament, you and know, like, in, and you're playing a home game. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't think, I think they're they're just as likely to lose their first game as they are. to Oh, win for sure. Two. No, I do, I do. But yeah. like, but you know, I don't like the other teams on the bottom half. I don't really trust Clemson at all. NC State is the type of team that could go on a run, but like they could easily lose their first game by 15 points. Yeah. Like you know, Agreed. there's no reason to like trust them. I think um, the only team on the bottom half of the bracket that has a chance is Virginia. I don't trust UNC. Like, I mean, yeah, great. I they had a great run last year, but well, that's, I, you know, that was that Roy kind of, Williams. You know, it's one no, year. I understand. No, I, I mean, I, I, no, I'm <laughs> saying like they were cl- a lot closer to Roy Williams than you are now. They're that's one, fair. you know, they're another season away after having their heads pumped full of hype for a year. Um, I think they had all I, season to prove they're better and they couldn't. Well, okay. Let's back up a step. The fact that I don't trust them isn't necessarily the point, right? It's more about like, it's more, I think really at the essence of the question is in terms of the talent and in terms of the draw, right? And to Ferber's point, like the, the Carolina has a ridiculous amount of talent. We've seen them, the same group, right? Except for the Nance kid, right? Put him on the team. The same group basically do exactly this, which is like come into a tournament when nobody was really expecting them to do much and like wreck shop, right? I'm not saying necessarily that I think they're going to do it, but it, would it surprise me? I think ultimately is, is really at the essence of the question, right? It would really surprise me if Pittsburgh was able to get from that five seed and win this thing. It would really surprise me if Clemson was able to get in, into the championship game and win it. It would really surprise me if even NC State put together a run. And frankly, it would kind of surprise me if Duke was able to stay clean because they've kind of been uh, living right since um, – you know, since the the play at the rim, they've won like seven games in a row or something. I think. Yeah, it's like yeah, they've won six. They haven't lost since that game. Yeah, they've beat Notre Dame, Syracuse, Louisville, Tech, State, and Carolina. I mean, like real talk, like Carolina is the team. I think if you look at this, at, look at this thing, that is probably the the most talent, but out of whack with its seating. Right now, you probably could make a similar sort of argument for for Tech, simply because like. There's no reason under the sun why Tech should have been as bad during the season as they were. They got Couture back, 
and we're still unable to sort of get that thing straight. And that, I mean, everybody tells me that Mike Young is a great coach, and I understand he, he runs a lot of good stuff, but that Tech team has more talent than 18 and 13, or I guess 19 and 13 uh, now, right? Like, they just do. And there's no reason that that group should be as poor as they've been. I understand they had a really tough stretch in late December going into middle of January. Okay, great. But they've also lost, before tonight, they had lost three of their last six games to Georgia Tech, Miami, and Duke, right? And they had a Boston College weird home loss in there, too, where they lost by, like, 16 or something. Yeah. To Boston College. <laughs> um, yeah, that was rough. But so, yeah, I, mean, I don't. I mean, I think Dave, your point is correct. I think Miami and Duke are the teams I trust the most. But you, we already know that only one of them can win correct. out of that side of the yeah. bracket in this yeah. Brad hypothetical. <clears throat> this Brad yeah, hypothetical. I, just, I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like Carolina's got talent, no, no doubt. But you know, I think we kind of overvalue. Like, you know, they did the NCAA tournament thing, but it wasn't. You know, they. I think they lost it. The, they beat us pretty bad last year, and then lost the Tech in the semis or quarters even uh no semis last year semis, in the acc yep. tournament right and then if i remember correctly in the ncaa tournament they ended up catching like an 11 seed late um well st peter's st peter's or something yeah um but they also destroyed one seed baylor in the second round no baylor was a four weren't they no because carolina oh, that's was right eight, carolina and was they eight, played so in the yeah. second we no, they went to overtime they went to that game went to overtime. Yeah, but wasn't Carolina up by? Yeah, yeah Carolina maybe, was up by like forty. They were up like twenty, and that's yeah. why Baylor went on a big run. But they yeah. still yeah. beat them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it was Duke a nothing team. run, but I'm just yeah. saying like you're not repl- You know, the 2019 Virginia Cavaliers aren't back on the on the floor. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, they've got talent. I would be sh- like, I'll be surprised if Virginia beats them um, Thursday night because I think it's a tough matchup. Especially I think that's Virginia's a matchup playing. thing too, though. I think it's like I don't like the matchup with Carolina. Yeah, but I do like whoever wins that game getting out of the bottom side of the bracket. I agree. But I, but I trust Miami or Duke more to to be. You know, if I had to put money on it, I'd, I'd probably put. Yeah, it on I think if I was betting the tournament, I would have to look at the odds. Is Duke the favorite? I I'm assume sure Miami's the favorite. Yeah. No, I'm, I think Duke. And, I think up. Duke and Miami are pretty close. Duke's the Ken Palm favorite. Um. And they both have the double buy, and they have to play each other. So I don't. I bet it's pretty close. Um, if Duke isn't the favorite, I would hammer Duke. They're playing really well right now, um, and I think them in Miami is like a toss up, and they're it's a neutral court. Um, so, so right I mean, now, Duke is plus two eighty to win it. Virginia's plus three hundred. Miami's plus three forty. Carolina's Ooh, Miami plus three forty is kind of tasty. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting into degenerate territory. <laughs> Can we just talk? Hey, Wake Forest uh, is the plus 4,000. their bracket. So. Drop 50 cent on Wake Forest and see what happens. All right. Uh, um, I will not, I will not be dropping. <laughs> I will not be dropping a dollar on Wake Forest or Syracuse. Whoever loses that game is getting smacked by Miami. I, Agreed. That, I, that I feel very Agreed. confident. Agreed. I think All the right. up to the minute odds just for the Argument's sake are Duke two plus two seventy, Virginia Miami plus three fifty, Carolina plus seven hundred. Honestly, if that was it, this is going to sound stupid after all the stuff we just said, but like, if I if I was looking at that, the team I would bet honestly is Virginia. Like, yeah, like I mean, like if you, if you look, just look at the bracket. Like Miami and Duke have to play each other. That that might determine who wins this thing. But you know, Virginia has. If they can get by Carolina, like I said, I really like their chances against Clemson or NC State. Um, 
And if they win that game, then you're in the, you know, I just feel like it's, and even Duke, I mean, like Duke, Duke's playing well, but if to get to the final, they probably have to beat Pitt and Miami and that's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the good news about the ACC tournament is we won't have to wait long. Um, in the event that, you know, cause Ferber's going to be there, um, in a couple of days, uh, in the event that Virginia, but for playing, how long? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gonna I, get some get you some Pepto and 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 ride the wild ride, um, but in the event that they're playing uh, Saturday night, I mean, heck, you might get a uh, you might get a podcast between now and then. Who knows? You haven't let you haven't had to stay beyond night one since 2019, right? <laughs> I haven't been since 2020 <laughs> when the tournament yeah. got canceled. Yeah, um, I don't think right. Yeah, we didn't go last year, did we? No, it was in Brooklyn. I will say, Ferber, that like it's gonna be weird. I, just watching the shots from Greensboro tonight uh, i don't know why it was hitting me like this but man it was just so so strange um yeah. and, a ra- you know. oh, random stat just because i was looking it up while i was bored um if we were to win it tony bennett would match roy williams with three acc tournament titles there you go he would mm. trail I feel, what would he be like Krzyzewski by yeah. quite a few yeah i was gonna say <laughs> what would that put him like 10 behind coach k or something K's at 17, I think, or that's Smith. One of them 17, one of them 16. That is insane. I mean, what, yeah. regardless yeah. of which one it is. Like... Yeah, Smith has 17, I think, and Smith, uh, Krzyzewski has 15. Yeah, see, when I was growing we talked about rolling the TV in the room. For me, like growing up, Duke was the team. Like they just felt unbeatable in the ACC. Yeah, team. I agree. It was like they yeah. just won every single year. Um, before we get out of here, Brad, I don't want not to change topics, but like, oh boy. do we need to discuss <laughs> the Caden Shedrick of it all? Well, I mean, we kind of we touched on it briefly, but let's yeah, let's 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 finish up with with that conversation. Why don't you lead the way? Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, I don't think there's any like I don't know. I mean, like I think what happens in practice matters, but I don't think I think people just assuming that Caden's in some sort of like he's like almost being punished or something for by not playing. Like, I don't think that's what's happening here. He's been ineffective when he has played. Yeah. The the metrics that people are citing are true, but like a lot of that has to do with stuff he did very early in the season. A lot of times yeah. those games are against teams that aren't big. Um my my contention, I said this on the podcast recently. I mean, like he's had some really strong games and he's had some games where he scores 15 points and it's all uncontested dunks and layups and then he yeah. makes some free throws. Um and and that's valuable, especially if he can be a stopper on the defensive end. And I'm not, you know, impugning his abilities or anything. And like I think there still could be a time later down the road where he does end up having to be contributing at some level. But right. I don't think it's necessarily like you know, I think it has a lot more to do with like Tony just likes the way the team plays when they play smaller or now you can add Dunn in there for some of the rebounding you're losing with the smaller lineup. I don't think it's like Caden's not working hard or he's not interested. I think when he has played since they went to, since he went to the bench and and Vanderplas started starting, I think like he's looked kind of out of sorts, except for he had a a good stretch against NC state. I was going to ready to say he had a DMP against tech um, in Blacksburg. And then he comes back. He played 26 minutes um, against State. He had 10 points. Um, he had, what, six boards. Uh, had a block. It was a really nice game. Um, he played 15 yeah. minutes combined over the next two games. Um, and then he plays 10 against Notre Dame, only 11 against Boston College, and then just a seven against Carolina before the two DMPs to finish the season or the regular season. Look, I, 
I, I think these things are tough because one, I, I think that if there was some sort of problem per se, I, I think it wouldn't be the way it is now, right? I think what has happened is, is he, basically Tony has gotten to that place in the season where he normally does, which is like he gets to that place. And I don't know if it's necessarily like a, like a, um, you know, an intentional thing or what, but like he gets to this place in the season. He's like, Hey, this is what these are. My, this is just the group. And I think right now, not only is Shedrick on the outside of that group looking in, um, but if he needs a big man, he goes to Caffaro, right? Um, or they go, you know, with Dunn. I, I think ultimately the anal- the the calculus that Tony and, and, and company have done is that like having Ryan Dunn in the game in those spots when they would normally have put Shedrick in the game is better for them because they're investing in Ryan Dunn, right? Because even if he's out of position and if he's undersized, they know exactly what they're going to get from Caden Shedrick, and they're not sure whether they're going to get the A plus plus athlete Ryan Dunn or they're going to get you know a young guy who just makes a mistake. But they know what they're going to get from Shedrick, and that is not is right now not good enough. I mean, like he's essentially, for all intents and purposes, he's he's a known commodity, and Tony has decided to go in a different direction now. That's not to say that there won't be a game where he doesn't need to go back to him. We've seen him do that in the past, right? We've seen Tony do this. I mean, Caffaro's playing now. Like, exactly. That didn't look like it was going to be the case a week ago. Right. If if Shedrick could get back to the place where he was earlier in the season, um, you know, I mean, he played 32 minutes in that Baylor game, right? Yeah. He, he had 17, 17 points, right? points, you know? Like, he had four boards, a couple of blocks, a couple of assists, you know? Um, he plays 19 minutes in the Illinois game. I mean, like he, he had some, some time, right. And that Illinois game in a lot of ways was the changing of the guard a little bit. Because yeah. I remember our text thread, we were talking about, we were like, wow, Tony's going to go small, like down the stretch against this big team. Yeah. And it worked and it worked. And, yep. and I think, I think it kind of changed the way that they, I mean, I, to me, honestly, like the him doing that tells me that's kind of what he wanted to do. <laughs> like, right. you know, mm-hmm. like he was yeah. like already kind of trying to do that. And it was like, well, let's see what happens if I do this. So if, if, here's my problem with the Shedrick thing, right? So, and I think we've talked about it in the text thread too. If you're, look, it'd be great if Shedrick got some minutes, you know, because <clears throat> it'd be another body. But if you're saying Shedrick needs to play, are you asking for him to play because of his offensive ability? Because I don't think that's the answer, right? Like he's not he a hasn't great been screener. scoring any points. He's not really great in that inside triangle, um, middle triangle stuff. Yeah, he's a little better in sods and block remover. But for most of that stretch of the midseason, it was a middle triangle offense. Yeah, that's a great offense. call out because I don't think he really fits in that. No, no he, he doesn't. doesn't. And honestly, and like even in, even with sides, like he's not a great screener. You know, no, he's just so not. He, that's so that's even, one of his deficiencies. He's so a clean. Even up. if you were going to come back to him, even if you were going to come back to sides, you wouldn't go back to him because he's not. He's not. He's not going to give you the 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 screens you need. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, if you're saying we need him in there for defensive presence, three. That's how many games Virginia allowed 70 points this year. Three. It's not a defensive thing. Like, they're meant to be And also, their defense around the rim has been statistically pretty good. Like, I I put it in that thing I wrote. They're like allowing opponents to shoot like 44% on twos or something like that. Yeah. And so that's the thing. The the game, one of the three games they gave up 70 was the Baylor game where he played a lot. Yeah. Um, the other two were the Virginia Tech loss and the Carolina loss, and Carolina scored seventy-one. Um, that's so. If you're arguing he should play for defense, like it's the offense has been the issue with the team, and a yeah, lot of that, agreed. and we've talked about, is BVP. Like 
you know, missing shots that some are good, some are bad, whatever. Um, you know, Virginia just makes a couple more shots a game. They're probably more like 24, 25 and four instead of 23 and six. Um, right. And then you add the practice, like Tony's hinted to us. And we've talked about it. Tony's hinted, like it's a practice thing. Um, and, you know, I'm not speaking to whether Shedrick will be back next year or not. Like we, we don't know what in the, what's in that kid's head. Um, but I know like it, it makes sense why he hasn't played when you just look at the numbers um, because it hasn't been. While at times it feels like the defense can't stop people, if you've only let three teams score 70, defense is not your issue. Yeah. To put this in context, so his season high was 32 minutes against Baylor. He hit 29 in the Houston game, okay? He's only had two other games where he played 27 minutes or more. He played 27 against the Pittsburgh, and he played 27 in the season opener against um, North Carolina Central. That's it. So, I mean, like, for the vast majority of the season, he just has not been in the game much. Right, he's had a handful of games where he's played twenty four, twenty five minutes, but nothing where he's been like really out there, you know, for a long stretch of time. And I think that you know, if you think about the season as a whole, you know, the inside triangle stuff and sides. I mean, like neither one of them really fit him. And from a you know earlier in the season when they're playing um, a little differently, right? He was he he absolutely had moments where you were like, oh, he is a massive rim protector. He's going to be a huge deal for this team. And now, you know, it just it, like you said, uh, like we were talking about earlier, like you put him in against Carolina and Carolina went right at him and he didn't. I, I don't know if it's the fouling thing. I, I'm not sure what's happened with him. And I, and I understand that it's extremely frustrating for people because like I, I know like in high school, I had folks in the in, in Carolina tell me straight up that like coaches found out about him and found out he he was already, you know, committed to UVA and were like angry because they really would have loved to have gotten a shot with him. Um, and I mean, the names of the coaches in question, you know, I mean, we're talking like legitimate powerhouse blue blood programs, right? To see, I mean, I understand like, you know, he had a couple years there where, you know, he was hurt. He had obviously the the non COVID, you know, the mono, then he, you know, or whatever, and then and then redacted. <laughs> so then he, you know, he, whatever, whatever his, however, it's all stacked up for him has not been. Uh, he has just has has had some poor luck. Um, that being said, like this season, he has absolutely, you know, um, regressed in a variety of different ways, and I think it it makes it. I mean, look, you don't have to be a hall of fame coach to watch the kids play and think like, should he be in there more often? Does Virginia have a better chance to win if he is? I mean, the reality is that the version we're seeing of him now, no. Now I think the kid has still has a lot of potential. And I think, you know, closing the door on a guy is never a good idea, but at the same time, like I can look at this team and think like, nah, man, like if you're going to, if you're going to, if you've got minutes you can spare and you need athletic athleticism and length, you put Ryan Dunn in the game. Um, he, he's, he he's just a much better option for him right now in a variety of different ways, um, because even if teams go at him, you know he his 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 uh, ability to compete is just much higher right now. And um, he can guard a wing, and right? and he can guard a wing, so he gives you a lot of versatility on the floor in terms of you know what you can get you know switch in between and that kind of stuff. Um, so no, I mean I understand people out there are interested, but this is just I mean. You know, you look at the the box score. What does it say under player who didn't play? It just said did not play. I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. And I understand that for a lot of folks, like they want to know a reason, and I get that, you know. But maybe the reason is like he's just not the right fit right now. And um, and DNP isn't always like I think people think it's like determined ahead of time. 
Like, I think there might have been some situations in the game that he would have played. but Yeah, I think they wanted occur. to play him more in that Carolina game. But and they put him in those seven happen. minutes in the first half, and they were like, yeah, this is not a good look. And they went away from it, and they didn't need to go back. Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think one of the problems he has is, like, he gets out there and quickly picks up two fouls. Yeah, he, like, he nor- yeah like, his, right, his propensity like, to foul is is pretty high up there. I mean, even even in the seven minutes he played against Carolina, he, he did have a foul, right? And he also had a turnover. Um, so, I mean, like, look, I understand, like, that it makes sense when a guy goes from being a starter to just not playing at all. That's a, that's a big deal. And I'm not trying to say it's not. But I think the, the proof is, is in the, the whole season. Like, if you, if you watch him over the course of the year, it's, it's obvious to me why he hasn't played because he's not, he's not one of the better options for him, at least as currently constructed. Now, if they, ha- you know, if they were a little bit different and they were running some different stuff, maybe that's a different conversation. But the one we got to have now, you know, it makes sense that, that he, you know, he's just not a part of it. And it's unfortunate because, you know, he's at that point in his career where typically, you know, Virginia guys really hit the ground, right? Um, you know, for for most of Tony's tenure, this is the this is that when the money year start, right? Is like middle of that junior season into the senior season. That's usually the time when when guys really take that next step and they become, you know, they start talking about like you know being on all all uh, defensive teams and stuff like that, right? The bigs that came before him, the more successful ones, that's what happened, right? Whether they were undersized like Zay, whether they were uh, maybe not quite as, like, bouncy or as athletic as Darion, they made up for it in other ways. And, you know, a um, guy like Shedrick should have, you know, should be at a better spot in his career at this point. Um, I think that's just a, a reality of evaluation. You know, he's a really talented kid with a lot of potential his length and his size and athleticism and he it was funny is that like earlier in his career he had a a lot more offensive game he had like a little face up right he could you know he could shoot a little bit not not like you know not like threes and such but I'm saying like around the bucket you know he he had a little decent face up game um and it just has completely kind of unraveled for him so you know you hope that Whatever, whether the you know this day and age, typically you know the writing is sort of on the wall in these situations, right? And the guy's gonna likely transfer. And if he does, you know, may, that, hey, maybe that's a good, good for him, good fresh start somewhere else, that kind of thing. Um, but I still think the kid has a lot of potential. I just think that like for right now, it makes sense as to why he's not out on the floor more often. Yeah, and technically he has two more years to figure it out. So yeah. you know. <sighs> Somewhere. All right, I think that is a good place to put a pin in it, unless you guys have anything else for the good of the order. Nope, congrats to Reese Beekman for Defensive Player of yeah, the Year. Yeah, that's right. I was um, sure Leaky Black was going to win that. I was, oh, man, I would have put money on I it. I forgot that the, the it was coming out, and then I was like, oh. <laughs> I saw, like, the tweet go out, and I was like, oh, he won Defensive Player of the Year. Cool. Yep. And then Kihei, I think, was third team. Reese was third team. Gardner was honorable mention, I think, right? Yeah, he was so, honorable mention, yeah. Brad's guy, Quentin Post, was most improved. <laughs> My guy. Uh, you know, pretty pretty good. Hey, him. I mean, he was he was raining jumpers and warm-ups that day. You weren't I, I called it, didn't I? And then Brad's been... had two guys this basketball season, him and Drace Walker <laughs> from Houston. Listen, I watched that dude for like two minutes. I'm like, that dude's a pro. Yeah, you were like, yeah, this guy's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> If you're somebody out there who found the website, or excuse me, found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. Uh, we appreciate if you want to give us a rating or review. If you're somebody out there who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at catscorner.com 
Um, like I said, I, I mentioned Ferber's piece from this morning. I thought that was really well done. We'll get you set. Whatever the matchup is, eventually, we'll get you set. Ferber will be down there. So give us a look at CavsCorner.com. I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the website and of the show. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find Free Moon Next Venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber again graciously of their time, as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CastCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.